Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. In the studio today, we have Al, myself, Anthony, and we got a special guest from the TheCloseUpMagic.com and the Close Up Magic Podcast, Stephen Cameron. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me on, fellas. It is it is good. For those that don't know Stephen, uh, Stephen, you are by far one of the most active people that I've I've seen around, uh, whether it's on Instagram, Twitter, from the articles that you write to the podcast. You put a lot of work in, man. So I just want to say that I, for one, appreciate um, how much work you put in because it's it's a full-time job and I share your pain. It's crazy. I and I've backed off a little bit this season, like I have in years past, and I still feel overwhelmed sometimes. Um, I'm trying to ramp it up myself and and get back into it. And I'm like, man, this this is a lot more work. I forgot how much it was because uh, this year was a little bit of a slower start with with me with podcasting at least. And uh, yeah, it's I I'm glad I'm not the only one. It's it's nice to to have a family and a community of uh, other guys like you all and you know, some of the other media groups out there that are doing stuff. So thanks for having me. It's it's really nice. Nice to be here. Fan of the show for sure. Yeah. So the, the fan base is divided. So before we really get into talking about magic basketball, we need to know what team you're on. Are you team tank or team fight? I'm on team <laughs> right in the middle. <laughs> All right. So I'm not like team. Well, I don't know. I am team. Let's get a good pick this year. But um, but I'm not like team. Let's trade every single person on the team to get that good pick. Like I we can talk about this now or later, but I think it's way premature to trade Vucevic. Um, I think, uh, but there's, but I definitely am like, yo, let's take advantage. Let's like, let's get something in return for these expiring contracts and Kem and Evan. Um, you know, let's really consider what's going on with AG. And, um, well, you know, this team's probably going to be pretty bad enough to get a top pick if you do just that, in my opinion. Then you can bring in a top pick, come back strong with AG or uh, with Vooch and... Fultz and J.I. and, you know, hopefully Cole and uh, Chuma take a good step. Moe might make some growth. That's That could be a pretty darn good team next year. So I'm like split right in the middle between full-on rebuild um, and competing. So, um, yeah, it's that's where I'm at. I hope that answers the question. So I think that puts us it puts us all kind of in the same boat because I think we're talking about it off, off the air here. But um, it's exactly how we feel. Like, hey, you win a couple of games and you start feeling good. Like, hey, man, like we're only a game and a half out of the playoffs. You never know. But then you look at the roster is so depleted with injuries. And again, all the key members of our team right now, J.I., Markel, A.G., all are out right now. And then you see the potential of the draft next year. And it just makes you wonder, you know, what would we look like if you take away Fournier, who let's say gets traded, but then you add a Jalen Green, mm-hmm. you add Dante Cunningham, one of those top picks, at the shooting guard position next season for our team with a healthy Markel, a healthy J.I. And all of a sudden, it's like, man, our team could look really solid with hopefully Vucevic still in there. Um, so I think, I don't know about you, Anthony, but I, I actually am on the same page as, as, as Stephen here. Like, it's, it's hard to pick a side. Um, 
at this point, you just got to hope for the best and see what happens at the end of the season because it's hard for all of us. I, I just see that the way that this season has gone, it's it's kind of impossible. Like, we, we know that this front office, it would never publicly say, hey, we're tanking. They won't, I don't think that they will make the, the moves to kind of force a team to tank. I think the team's going to naturally do it on its own. We've already been hit by the injury bug. If anything, I absolutely feel so bad for Nikola Vucevic. The, the view, the way that, uh, the fan base views Nikola Vucevic is so much different than how he was viewed maybe two, three years ago. Fans actually appreciate him now, and he's playing really good totally. basketball. The downfall is that he's already on the wrong side of 30, and you're never going to get more value of Nikola Vucevic right now, this very moment, um, than you will next season or the season after that. So I'm definitely on Team Tank because thinking of next season when you have a already seasoned Cole Anthony, Chumo Kiki that's already passed. You would hope the fear of re-injury. You bring back uh, Jonathan Isaac, Markel Foltz, and then whatever top pick it's within our grasp, man, you're looking at a team that we, we can be pretty dangerous in the East if healthy. I, I got a question on that, though. So wait, are you on Team Tank as in like trade Vucevic this season? Or are you on Team Tank as in like the team's going to be bad enough. Hopefully we get that top pick and we we're adding Vucevic to that team next year. I think in my opinion, uh, the value that Nikola Vucevic has on the team right now, you're not going to get in return in any trade. You're just not going to get the value back. I think that our front office overvalues our players compared to what other people may think, but what we're getting from Nikola Vucevic, you're not going to get in return. So I'm all fair for trading everyone other than obviously our main core and Nikola Vucevic. I think he's put yeah. in his 10 years with us. Give the the guys already like they're saving a spot for him in the Hall of Fame era. And I think that you can still get a solid 2-3 years out of a player that he's not athletic, he's going to have a big body, the shooting isn't going to go anywhere and can still bring a lot to the team. Here's before we move off this topic, I want to just bring up too like something that hit me a few days ago is we can't go full rebuild. We just, we don't have that in our cards anymore. And the reason is we can't trade Nikola Vucevic and just like get extra picks and go youth movement because Marco Fultz and Jonathan Isaac are on their second contracts now. And Jonathan Isaac, uh, Mark, sorry, Marco Fultz is not on a four year extension. He's on a, a, a two year plus a team option on the third. Um, so once in my opinion, once a person hits their second contract, you, you don't have nearly as big as the windows you had them on the first contract. So right. if we go full youth and we still suck because this next draft pick is going to take some time and we have no, then we have to do the whole cycle of trying to find the right veterans to balance out the youth movement um, to be competitive because just a strictly young team never wins. Um, so you have to have some form of ba uh, veteran balance on the roster. Um, so it's going to take a couple seasons to figure that out. And then all of a sudden you're going into Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz last season. Uh, and, and they could be over it at that point and ready for a new situation. So that's why I really want to accept this year as it being really bad, right? Make those moves that we've sort of all been discussing and then come back strong with Vucevic because he's going to raise the floor. Also, I'm sure you guys notice Cole Anthony and Marco Fultz this year have some really nice chemistry with, with Nikola Vucevic. It's like 
I don't think he's taking away from their game. I think he's adding to their game and helping make their life easier. Um, So I just, I I think he just adds so much um, as far as helping out the team, right? He's obviously got his flaws. He's not a perfect player and he can't be a number one option. But if, if we draft that number one option, you know, like that would, that would be pretty nice. Sorry, I just went on a tangent there, but I, I like I just discovered that the other day that like we're on a time we're on a timeline now that we gave these guys extensions. Yeah, and and part of the reason why I'm I'm leaning towards a tank and also keeping Nikola Vucevic is that I've always wondered, man, what can Nikola Vucevic do for a team if he isn't the number one option? The the way that he plays right now, and I'm a, I'm a strong believer that it really only takes one player to change a franchise. Examples. Trey Young, Luka Doncic, those players elevate a team. And I believe, and I could be wrong, but with a healthy team, healthy Jonathan Isaac, Markel, Cole, everyone together, I think that one player could really change the way that this team plays and it's dynamic. And and Nikola Vucevic, man, he's already proved that he can adapt. I remember a couple years ago when they had reported in the offseason that, you know, Nikola Vucevic is working on his three. I was like, why in the world is he doing that? Stay away from the three-point line. Do what you're good at. Stay in the post. And he adapted to the new NBA. Now it's kind of like, how do you want it? You want it in the post? You want it at the top of the key? You want pick and roll? How how do you want Nikola Vucevic to score? And he'll do it. Yeah, he's... He's really has adapted. And I I think a lot of fans also forget that coach Clifford completely changed the style of offense that was played this year at the beginning when we were, were healthy they were running much faster. Nikola Vucevic was not slowing down this team at all. He was not, he's not the problem that they can't play a fast paced temple. Like that's, that's not him. He's been able to adapt. And yeah, I, I agree with everything you said there for sure. Now let let me ask you because you you currently live in California. Uh, you had mentioned that you live in the in the Bay Area. Yes, sir. Um, so is there is there a magic fan base in the Bay Area, or is it just you by yourself in this island? There's a few of us. I've I've found a few uh, over the years. It took a while, right? It was a big culture shock going from Orlando. Uh, at you know, I moved here at 25. So when I moved from Orlando here, it was a huge culture shock and. Uh, to, to just also be surrounded around a bunch of Warriors fans when they're winning titles after titles after titles. So um, I found a few. Uh, one of my closest friends in the Bay Area now recognized my Magic hat and came up to me and was like, are you a Magic fan? I'm like, yeah. And so now now we watch Magic games together and, and hang out and stuff like that. Um, th- I've met a few other ones online. Uh, there's uh, this guy um, named CJ that we actually met up uh, through Twitter, but we also, we went to the, the, the magic Kings game. We, I was already going there. He was too. We ended up sitting next to each other because we were in the same section. It was an empty arena. So I just went down and sat with them. Um, but yeah, there's a few of us, but it's also really funny. I had a lot of experiences when I first moved here. Um, you would, I'd be out at like a bar having a drink or something like that. And you'd see some guy with like an old school, you know, magic Jersey on or magic hat. And you go up and tell him like, yo, are you a magic fan? Like, no, I just like the gear. I'm like, yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Never mind. I can't have this conversation with you then. Keep going. <laughs> you know, keep it moving. <laughs> but uh, there's a few of us out here, but not many. It's it's Warriors culture, pretty hard. I, I mean, it, it's crazy because if you really talk about the dynamic of the Orlando Magic, you know, there was a point in time where 
you know, being a fan of the Magic or even wearing their gear was cool. It was it was a cool thing to do. Tupac was wearing Magic gear. The Notorious B.I.G., Jay-Z, like it in pop culture, being a Magic fan was was awesome. Like I I and I have proof of this. There's pictures on the internet. You know, now now is is not obviously not as much, but I think that, you know, right pieces, right time. It, the my debate always cuz I it, the problem about living in Orlando is that there's a lot of um Orlando's so diverse. So you have so many people that are you know, they transition to living in Orlando from other places. So there's a lot of Laker fans, a lot of Heat fans. And the my one argument is we've we've always made it back on top. No matter how bad that we've we've been, somehow, some way we we make it out of it. And you know, a lot of the things that we're hearing now is that the magic are cursed. Um I saw on the internet that, you know, whoever it is that stole Michael Jordan's forty five jersey, they they need to return it and then everything will be fine. So I think I think there's a lot of pieces there. I, I think it's just going to take us a little time. Hopefully, we get there eventually. I think so. I I'm optimistic. Yeah. Now it's uh it's a little weird with everything that's going on with the Magic, right? So um just recently, uh, Cole Anthony he had his injury where we all assumed and thought that it was an injury for a shoulder. And then a couple of days later, and Magic fans have watched Cole Anthony because Cole Anthony likes to to go on Twitch and he likes to stream his gaming Call of Duty. And whoever he was playing with, he tells them that hey, that the actual injury wasn't you know wasn't really a shoulder; it was a it was a cracked rib. All of a sudden, it, it caught fire on the internet, and somehow, some way, there was a, an announcement that came out from. Uh, I must have been Orlando Magic PR or Josh Robbins came out with it saying that, oh, we made a mistake. It was really uh, an injury for this instead of that. Uh, my question to you, Stephen, is do you trust the front office? Do you feel like there's an issue with uh, transparency or do you honestly think that you know their story of, well, when we first did um, the test of the MRI, you know, it didn't indicate this, but it indicated that. I just I personally felt like the timing was off. What do you think? Uh, so it's a complicated question. Um, do I think that they missed the injury? Um, yeah, I mean, they missed it. I also think, but I also do believe it took them three different MRIs to, to find it, right? Imaging isn't always perfect medically, um, even with the best medical doctors out there all the time. You know, it's, it, and bodies are complicated. I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to even pretend to know what could go wrong. But sure, I can believe that they didn't catch it in the beginning. And, it's probably okay that they didn't catch in the beginning in some aspects, right? It's like life is hard. Doing your job can be hard. Um, do I think this front office is transparent with us with everything? No. Do I think they should be? No. Um, and, and there's a reason why. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously like if your players hurt, it's that they're hurt. Right. But you know, let's take it back to the tanking subject for a second. Right. What team in league history outside of the 76ers has openly said they are tanking. I can't think of any. And that GM got fired. Uh, the league like came down on the 76ers in some aspect, if I remember correctly, right? Like you don't ha you don't come out and say, Hey, we suck. Our players are bad and we're going to tank. Like, you just don't say that as a GM. That doesn't look good. You, you you talk faith. You talk, our players are good. We're just waiting for the right things to work out. Like, that's just good PR. Um, do I think they could be a little bit more transparent with certain things? Sure. 
Um, but do I like that the magic aren't always in a bunch of weird, crazy rumors every year? It's kind of nice after like how many crazy rumors we were in with Rob Hannigan every year. And like then half of them coming true and they were the worst rumors humanly possible. Right. That came true. Right. So like, (laughs) I don't mind that we're not in a ton of rumors. I do think it would be nice that the front office was a little bit more transparent about like player health timelines. Like that would be awesome. Um, But am I upset that they don't necessarily tell us like, Hey, we're out shopping Evan Fournier and we're looking to find a new starting small forward shooting guard. I, I I don't really care if they come out and say that that's I'm not expecting that. So um, yeah, it's weird. It's weird that we didn't know about uh, Cole Anthony. I, I do kind of wonder if it didn't come out on Twitch, if we would have even been told about it or if they would have just kicking the can down. I think that's weird. Um, and do I think it's right? No. Um, but are there certain things that I think they should be transparent about? I, I'm fine with some of the secrecy that they have. Like, that's okay. You don't have to have all your cards out at, on the table, you know? And like you mentioned, I think that's what made it worse for us as fans. You know, it's like we, we didn't yeah. find out directly from the front office. We find out on a Twitch stream and Cole kind of even said it. Like, I don't yeah. think it's official yet, but this is what happened. Um, so like you mentioned. And who knows if we would have exactly. found out? Who exactly. knows? So that makes it, that makes it yeah. a little bit worse. That trust factor kind of kind of becomes an issue with the front office. But then again, like you mentioned, that's not their job either. It's not to, to, you know, let things out right away. Who knows if they even knew at that point up until when it was going to be announced what the real injury was. But it makes it tough as a fan base for sure to to have that trust when totally. things like this happen. Yeah, I, re- I really hope Cole Anthony didn't get in trouble for that. Because I, it, you can frame it however you want it. Like, Josh Robbins got the information from what he's seeing going on Magic Twitter and, and social media, and he asked questions and press, and then we're able to get an answer. Somehow, Josh Robbins and Shams were able to come out with the story of, okay, it really wasn't a, a shoulder, it was, it was a rib. So hopefully he didn't get in trouble for, for coming out with that information right. before it was really released. Um, now, that wasn't the only weird thing that happened that day, right? So John Hammond, the general manager of the Orlando Magic, was scheduled to be on 96, uh, 96.9 The Game and didn't show up. It was reported on Magic PR that John Hammond was going to be on and wasn't there. Do you think there's anything behind it or do you think that you know it's, it's just didn't happen and that's it? I, I don't know. I didn't really read too much into that, to be honest. Um you know, life as a GM is busy. Uh, you know, he literally signed Chase and Randall the day before. Um, they're probably trying to figure out a bunch of stuff. Like I, he's got commitments. It would have been nice to hear from him on the radio. Um, but I, I don't know. That's just personally, that's just not something I, I over, I, I tried to read too much into. It just kind of was what it was. And I'm, I'm keeping it moving at that point. Um, I understand like where, where it can be weird and where it can be fishy and why some people are like, weird about it and are not weird, but like concerned. Um, I'm just not one of those individuals. I'm just, yeah. I mean, things come up, got to move things around. I don't know the communication that he had with the radio station. Did he just bail and not show up or, you know, Hey, I'm not going to be able to make it. We got things going on. Like, was he professional about it? Like I imagine there was a professional communication about that and things happen. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think we're so hungry for any 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 news of the trade or anything significant happening that we are assuming, you know, automatically that's what that means. Something big is going down. Yeah, and I mean, I guess if it is him making trades right. like, dude, that's yeah. cool. I'm I'm about that life. Um is it him ducking inner like I think it's probably more him 
having work obligations than him like ducking an interview because he doesn't want to answer to people. I think it's more like, yo, I got stuff going on than I got stuff to hide. Right. I think that's kind of, that's probably more or less what it is. I don't think, you know, I don't think he doesn't seem like someone who's ducking something because he's embarrassed to like get asked questions or something like that. You know, I don't know. I don't get that. I don't get that impression, but yeah, it's weird. Sure. It's definitely weird though. And it's kind of like, um, to your point, you know, if if he didn't make it on the show because he's on the phones and trying to make things work, perfect, awesome. But I think naturally, as as a fan base, you know, Al, you had mentioned it that we're so hungry for information, especially from a front office that you know they they kind of treat everything they do like the CIA. They keep everything really close to the chest, and they're not telling anything to anyone, any news or rumors or updates or anything. You know, it's. A lot of times it's not coming from them. It's coming from outside sources. Well, I'll add this to this topic too. Like, I don't know if you guys are subscribers to the athletic, but in one of the Mm -hmm. more recent, um, Josh Robbins articles, uh, he even comes out and says that he requested availability to have an interview with, with the front office. And they basically said, yeah, you can have it, but it's going to be at the midway point of the season. Like we're not giving availability right now. So, you know, I don't know if it's like a particularly to that one, that one outlet. Um, it, it, it just, I mean, it seems like they're just, they're just doing their thing and not giving media availability at the moment. Cause they're, I don't know, focusing on other stuff. It seems like, but, um, it, I don't think it's them like ducking. It just seems like they're cool. We'll give media availability and we'll answer your questions, but we're going to do it at this time. And it's going to be, you know, in March. Yeah. And listen, they, they have been working. They've been working really hard. They've been working really hard to find us a point guard that can be healthy enough to play on the court. Um, Those two-way so players. I, yeah, keeping an eye on the two-way. So obviously, we Magic have been struggling with um, the health of our players, primarily the point guard position. Just recently, Frank Mason suffered a, a groin injury, and you know Magic had to make a tough decision where they had to waive him. I was actually I was a fan of Frank Mason. I really liked the way he played, but you know this next man up. So the Magic. Um, decided to waive Frank Mason, and they picked up Chasson Randall. What do you think so far? If you watch the game, uh, any thoughts on Randall and what he's able to bring? It's hard to take away too much, but I mean, he's a good shooter. I, you know, he plays hard, um, and it seems like he can semi run an offense with only a day's worth of practice. So, um, I was really big on Mason. I, I, I wanted to like give him a shot, and it's really unfortunate that we didn't have like any bodies to sort of like we didn't even like i really think if like ennis was available they probably would have just held on a little bit longer um you know and used him as the ball handler until mason could have come back because like mason mason's good i liked what he was doing he was getting more comfortable to get to the rim you know getting uh, yeah he was he was nice but randall's cool i mean he's been in and out of the league a little bit um it's funny so you know we had jordan bone who was like i think he was like 23 then mason was 25 now we have chasing randall who's like 28 so we kind of keep going up in age just to get some bodies in there um but you know i i think he's gonna do a fine job i don't really have any major takeaways but you know from what i saw last night i was like cool he's i think he'll he'll do fine for his role you know he seems like a good shooter too which this team always needs shooting so can't complain on that Hopefully it'll be a, a two-week thing, you know, because the expectation is for Cole Anthony to come back after the All-Star break. And right now they're slotted to be about two weeks from right. now. So hopefully we'll get MCW and Cole Anthony kind of running the point here. But um, like you said, I think I, I was not knowledgeable of who he was too much. I've seen him play before, but not too much. Um, but my takeaway was the same. It's, he can shoot a little more height than Mason did. 
Um, so we'll take that, I guess. But I, I, like you guys said, I was also a big fan of, of Frank Mason, what he could bring to the team. Unfortunately, we won't see it play out. Um, but again, excited to see what he can do he, this opportunity. Al, he's a little bit taller than Mason, right? He's he's six two. Yeah, he's six two. So he's yeah. yeah and man, like, Mason Mason was just under six foot. Yeah, mm-hmm. man, we we like those short point guards. <laughs> <laughs> we we really do. Um, yeah, it, to me, it just seemed like. Can you imagine like watching the front office watch the magic and it's kind of like another player gets injured? I can only imagine like the text messages between John Hammond and Jeff Wolman kind of going back and forth like, damn, another one. Um, but it, it does seem like they're really I mean, what can they do at this point? You have the the trade deadline that's coming up in March um, and the the most that you, you're able to do right now is kind of put a Band-Aid on it. You, you have hopes that MCW was able to come back, which we're finally able to get him on the court. Um, Cole Anthony, he had posted today that he'll be back soon. We have the timeline of, of about of about two weeks. Um, so it, it seems like they're trying to do everything in their power to kind of, you know, ride, ride the wave. And in the beginning of the season, um, I, I mentioned this on some other episodes, but, you know, he had when he did the interview with um, with Josh Robbins, uh, one of the questions that he didn't defer from um, was, you know, should the magic do a do a reset? Should we restart, refresh? And he didn't say no. He didn't. He wasn't against it. So it's 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 kind of right. Like, what what do you do at this point? The right move is to be able to put a body on the floor in that body. You know, we we experimented with AG as a point forward. He got hurt. What else could we do? Bring on the two way players. Now, with the trade deadline coming around uh, so soon, right around the corner, uh, obviously you have your Bleacher Reports and other news outlets that they're kind of already working their magic to create buzz and and content. And one of the things that we saw were um, the, the suggestion that the Lakers may be interested in um, or could be interested in Mo Bamba. When you think about Mo Bamba as, as an asset because he was a lottery pick, what do you see as a potential return? Because my fear with Mo Bamba is, um, again, we're not going to get the same value back. Kind of similar to how we did with um, with Alfred Payne. What did we trade Alfred Payne for? Second Maybe round pick. A second round pick. That was it. So if you're really looking to trade Mo Bamba, what is really your return? Is it better to hold on to him to really see what you have? Or are the Magic really just playing Ken Birch more than Mo Bamba to kind of raise the stock on Ken Birch's value? So here's, uh, this is, Philip does this every year from Orlando Magic Daily. I, I preach it to um, a few other peoples. Unless these reports are coming from Woj or Shams, I, I don't believe them. I just don't. It's, you know, it could be an agent leaking something to, to kind of raise value for someone else that's not even connected to Mo Bamba. It could be an agent on the Lakers side trying to raise value for some low, from a guy deep on their bench, just for that and they legit have no interest in Mo. So I'm taking everything with a grain of salt. I'm on like super team. Do not trade Mo Bamba. There's no reason to what the second round pick. We don't need, um, he's, he's young just now starting to get meaningful playing time. This is, he's now played four games in a row with legit meaningful minutes. Um, as of last night with the Knicks, right? Not enough minutes. I will admit, but he is legit getting, Meaningful minutes in the first and second half of games now, not just garbage time. Um, and he's starting to look fairly good. Like he's getting a little bit, you see something a little bit new every game, right? He needs time to get into his rhythm. And then, so if you trade him and then Ken Birch decides, hey, you know what? 
it's been a nice run for the last three years with the Magic, but I, I'm ready to go somewhere else. Uh, and then he goes somewhere else. Then you're stuck with Nikola Vucevic and no backup center next year. Um, that's not good. So I, I'm all like, keep Mobamba. Don't trade him. The return isn't going to be worth it anyways. What's the go- like? What? I guess my question is, what goal does trading Mobamba answer for the Magic? It doesn't answer anything. Um, now trade Kent Birch. What does that do? That allows minutes to open up for Mobamba. And you're getting a return on an expiring contract. Um, but this front office has picked up Mo Bamba's option already. So they're already invested in him for not just this year, but next year. And now he's starting to get minute, minutes. And hey, I don't know what you guys noticed last night, but he looked better than Ken Birch in in, in most of last night. Um, so, and I don't know when this podcast can be open listening, but that we're, we're talking about the Knicks game. So... Yep. Um, yeah, I'm. I don't see the point in in what trading Mobamba would do for the Magic. I don't think it's going to do anything good. Yeah, I'm. I'm expe- the the thing is, is that I'm. It's a double edged sword with me. Uh, obviously, there's a, a major disappointment from the fan base uh, around Mobamba's minutes. Um, I also have the thought process, and uh, I'm not sure if you listened to our episode with Keith Smith, where he was talking about um, what he expected from Mobamba. But uh, if, if a player like him is playing over you. Kem is undrafted out of UNLV. You know, we gave him opportunity and he did really well. And he's getting more opportunity, more playing. You as a lottery pick, it is your job to get pissed off and show them in practice, in the little bit of minutes that you have, that you're not going to play this man over me. I deserve to be here. Uh, You invested in me. I'm a way better player. I have, outside of Taco Fall, the biggest reach in the NBA. There's no way that you're not playing me. And... I feel sometimes, sometimes we see that, sometimes we don't. And I am okay. Obviously, injury, you know, it changes everything. But I'm okay with Steve Clifford giving him tough love. If he's only playing him for five, six minutes, go out and do the five, six minutes that you deserve to have more minutes. Go out there and ball out. Like, I feel he has been doing. Yeah, and and I'm on that. And yes, I did listen to that episode with Keith, and you guys did a great job. Um, And Keith is always fun to to chat basketball with, for sure. Um... But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, some of these kids need to learn how to work. And these are kids at the end of the day, right? I mean, they're men because they're in their, like, late teens, early 20s. But I'm in my 30s. You're you're a kid at that point. And I know when I was 21, I, I, I had a professional job for sure. Was I good at it? Did I have the greatest mindset? Did I have the greatest attitude towards it? No, I didn't. I like to sleep. I like to do other things, too. I think some of that like laziness with Mo Bamba is a little bit over, over comp, like overspoken. Yeah. And I also do think like, okay, we do know Clifford's job is to try and win. Um, a little bit of tough love's fine. It is hard to find playing time for three centers. Like centers aren't the most versatile position in the world. Um, so it is, it's not like, you know, you have a small forward out that or a small forward trying to trying to get in the rotation. You can also kind of blend them in at a shooting guard or power forward. It's a center, dude. The dude is seven foot, right? Um, you know, I guess, you know, Jonathan Isaac is an outlier who's a seven foot power forward, but um yeah, it's just it's it's I don't think it's been as easy as a lot of fans have thought it would be to get him playing time. And if he if he truly was getting outplayed by Kem, he's he's had to show, and it looks like he's starting to do that. And we've now seen four games in a row of him getting legit 
playing time and some of those games playing pretty impactful minutes and and moments and having really good stretches and I think Cliff Cliff is someone that honors good. He does. That's that's not unspoken, right? Everyone knows that. So as Bamba continues to play good, he will continue to get playing time. And that's that's I you know, I'm with you Anthony on that. Like Tough Love's good. Mo Bamba plays well. He'll get more. And he's starting to do that. And it's nice to see. Let me ask you guys this real quick. Do you guys think by any chance that the Magic are actually looking to trade Mo Bamba? I don't think so. I think this rumor, like you mentioned, Stephen, came out of nowhere. It's some sort of agent kind of manipulated thing going on. But do you guys think the Magic at all are looking to move on from Mo Bamba this season? No. Nah, man. Listen, Mo Bamba's 22 years old. And and uh, Stephen, you bring up a really good point. If you're really mad, because I'm I'm 32 years old. If I was to tell you that, you know, I was a best worker at 22 years old, and all I cared about was my job, and obviously it's a little different realm in the NBA. And you're making millions, but man, as a 22 year old kid, you're still trying to figure things out, and and your your drive and your motor may not be at at an all time high level, but not not everyone's the same. I think that a part of the expectation came with uh, the marketing of Mo Bamba in the beginning, right? He had this really popular song that came out. Uh, he uh, was was doing uh, promo and marketing videos of, of KG and KG kind of mentoring. So you're kind of hoping and thinking that this kid from Harlem, New York was going to come out and just destroy everything. And that that wasn't the case. We always knew that Mo Bamba was was going to be a project, and I agree with you, Al. I, I don't think that um, we're we're going to move anywhere into trading Mo Bamba, or even in that thought. So, Stephen, my question to you is: out of the players that you see, especially Rob, the Rob Hennigan players, right? Who survives uh, between Aaron Gordon? Evan Fournier, Nikola Vucevic, we'll throw Terrence Ross out there. Um, it was reported from Sam Amick that he he had came out with um uh, with a list of players that he felt were going to end up not being moved, and he listed Aaron Gordon as one of those players. Um, but who do you think fully survives out of that core? Because this this trade deadline is supposed to be you know the year where we finally actually make a move with this front office that isn't something as low risk as uh, the move that we made for Markel Fultz. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's a great question. Um, I don't view half those guys as Rob Hannigan guys anymore because most of them have been re-signed by the current front office. And once they get a new contract, that kind of is like a, a fresh, a fresh thing for me. Um, but I totally get what you're saying. Sorry. That's, that's just me being weird. Um, <sighs> I, I mean, I, I do kind of think that Evan Fournier is going to be traded. I, there's just too much writing on the wall for that, um, for him to to still be here. Um, one is, okay, so it sort of made sense why Ross and Vooch re-signed, right? We had just made the playoffs, had some really nice forward trajectory going at that point in time. This is going to be one of the worst years in Magic history. Um, probably a top 10, 15 worst year ever in the Magic history. Uh, there's not much forward momentum for Evan to want to be back here with that, right? Um, there's only like DeMar DeRozan and maybe one other shooting guard that might be at or better than Evan uh, in the uh, free agent shooting guard market this summer. Um, so he's going to have a lot of lot of teams interested in him in that aspect. And there's a lot of teams that have money this year. Um, and there's not a ton of big free agents anymore. A lot of those guys signed extensions. So um, I, I think he's going to have a lot of interest. Um, and 
yeah, if you play around with certain cap numbers, you can you can get Evan Fournier in there at like seventeen million a year and not be at the tax. But that just sounds dumb to me. Um, I like Evan. I don't think he deserves nearly as much hate as people uh, give him. He is a really good basketball player and does a lot of things good. He's not great. Um, he's definitely asked to play out of the role that he should be playing. Um, but I think the Magic fans are gonna really realize how much he does for this team when he's gone. Um, and it's going to be hard to replace that. Like we see that when Terrence Ross starts and, and plays when Evan's out, like he just doesn't do some of the things that Evan can do. Um, and Evan has been playing off ball more than he ever has the, at the start of this year. Uh, when this team was healthy, he was like almost strictly a catch and shoot and drive to the basket type of guy with hardly any ball handling responsibility. And he was playing fantastic. Anyways, rant about Evan. I think he's gone though. There's just too many signs. Um, you know, I was chatting with someone and they were like, well, you know, the magic let Wessa Wundu walk in the off season, didn't get a returned asset. Well, dude, Wessa Wundu yeah. and Evan Fournier are two completely different caliber types of players. Like I'm okay with letting Wessa Wundu walk. He's like at first, at most, maybe you get a second round pick from him. Evan Fournier, you're going to get something right. And it's going to most likely be able to be something that you can do. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, if 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 Al Farouk Aminu is healthy and can start picking up major minutes and and really start like being a contributor and there's less risk factor with him um, and Chuma. I wouldn't be surprised if Aaron Gordon gets dealt this deadline. Uh, but I can also very much see a world where he's still with us and maybe they trade him in the summer. Um, I also am not completely against giving him a contract extension if he would be open to that. Um, you know, there's no guarantee Jonathan Isaac's going to come back being the same Jonathan Isaac he was. And it would be nice. Aaron Gordon's a pretty healthy player. He, he does miss a few games here and there, but he hasn't really had those like season ending injury concerns that I'm like scared of. And he's only 25. So I don't hate that idea of possibly bringing him back. Um, but I, I would, I, I don't know. I'm kind of 50 50s. He's going to be here on the trade deadline. Vucevic. I think it's almost impossible to trade him at this point. Um, and I, I have I, I understand I, I don't think his return this year versus like next year deadline is going to be all that different. His game might come down a little bit, um, but I don't expect it to change significantly to where it's like, oh, man, we could have gotten, you know, this player and these picks for him. Maybe like one of those picks isn't as good or maybe we get like one less pick or maybe the player we could have gotten attached with that package is not as great, but I don't think it's like, I don't think we're going to go from like being able to get a first round pick from this year and a good starter to getting not a first round pick and a good starter from next year. Like I think that same package is probably going to be available. So I don't have that rush. And I think, like we were talking about earlier, he has really nice chemistry and really does help uh, Markel Fultz and Cole Anthony like play well. Um, and I, I think that's important for a young player's development to have someone good to play off of um, that can high, kind of help. So especially with point guards, which their development's always shaky anyways. Um, so yeah, I could, I, I mean, Evan is the guy I think is gone. Um, I'm not opposed to trading T Ross. Um, I like him a lot. A fan favorite. We all love him, but sort of one dimensional, not great at defense, a little bit streaky with his offense. Um, he, he's on a good contract, so I'm not overly worried about it. But also if you trade Evan Fournier and Ross the same year, 
Like we have zero depth at shooting guard. We don't have any young prospects in there yet. I would definitely not trade both of them at the same time. Like maybe you trade Ross this summer if you can sign another like if you somehow get another shooting guard in return for one of them and maybe you draft one of those young guys in the draft uh, that can play the, like a shooting guard, small forward role. Um, but I guess, I don't know if I've like answered your question, but I think Evan Fournier is gone. Um, and I don't know, I guess maybe AG could be gone, but there's still concerns if the team's going to be healthy enough to really let him go at that point. Yeah, I Sorry think I'm. I I'm, a, I'm no, you're good. I think that I'm on the only. I'm the only person on my island that still has faith in AG. Um, I compare him a lot to Pascal Siakam in the sense where he was a late bloomer. You know, he really didn't hit his try until he hit his 25 years of age. AG's already at that point right now, and he's still struggling with injuries. The 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 thing that people are going to be so upset about is the never ending story of the Orlando Magic, where players leave our franchise, yeah. go to others, and they succeed and find success elsewhere. That's bound to happen happen um and that you have that possibility of it happening with evan fournier and aaron gordon and those type of players you really think about it and you mentioned it earlier they're playing out of position you're asking these guys that you know are are not second third type option players to be your second third option on the team imagine how well a player like aaron gordon would be joining the brooklyn nets with kevin durant and Kyrie all that shooting yeah (laughs) i mean like that's that's a let's pause you for a second because i'm i'm in the same boat man like i like aaron gordon he does a lot of really awesome things that just get underappreciated and he gets asked to do too much and man he's never had a point guard that could shoot over 33 percent in his career he's played with alfred payton uh, DJ Augustine for that season was kind of nice. Um, and Aaron Gordon played pretty well that season. Um, but then, but then Markel Fultz, dude, Markel Fultz sucks at shooting. All right. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm on that Island that I don't think he's ever going to be nah, a good man, shooter. Don't, don't apologize. Um, it, it is what it is. And, and, and then Cole Anthony, he's a rookie man. Like he's just kind of figuring out what a smart shot even is in the NBA. Right. So his shooting numbers are going to be all over the place. Um, and then our small forward, power forward, like situation, like J- Jonathan Isaac hasn't been a good shooter yet. I mean, he's had moments. Uh, he was good in the bubble for those three games that we saw him in. Um, but like he hasn't been a good shooter next to Aaron Gordon yet for that consistency yet. Uh, Vucevic is just like the last couple of years has started hitting the three at like a really good rate. So it's like, man. I would love to see Aaron Gordon next to some shooting guys, like a point guard that like if Cole Anthony could hit 37% from three, dude, awesome. You should be the starter. Sorry, Marco. Like, I don't know. Like, I, sorry. I like Marco Fultz. He's got a lot of promising upside and I, I see what he does very good. I'm not in love with him as a player. I don't know if he's the future point guard of this team when we are a, hopefully one day a championship contending team. Um, but Anthony, I'm with you. I, I I wouldn't like hate if they gave Aaron Gordon an extension. I wouldn't hate it at all. Al, do you like Aaron Gordon? I don't know, man. I'm torn. Mainly because we haven't seen any, any growth from him over the past three years. Like, can he defend? Yes. Is he an okay rebounder? Yes. Um, but the issue that I have with Aaron Gordon is, man, like I have not seen any growth from him from a from a shooting perspective, from a scoring perspective. Even this year, when we needed him badly, we were wounded out there with a bunch of injuries. You didn't see AG have a game where he dropped, you know, 25 points, 12 rebounds, and you saw him a stag, like, go-to guy. I don't know if he's accepted the fact that he's a third, 
you know, player on, on a good team or a fourth player on a good team. People compare him to a Draymond Green. That's, that should be his role in teams. But again, I think we all as Magic fans want more from him. And we haven't yeah. gotten that chance. Um, <clears throat> so that worries me a little bit. Now, am I opposed to him being here and tried again next to J.I. possibly next season until J.I. is fully healthy? Not at all. I think he's too young, too much potential still there. Um, but it's just unfortunately, it's tough to say AG is going to be here for long long term and us be a winning team with him in our roster. I, I, for some reason, I just don't see that happening. Uh, fellas, uh, the, the biggest issue with this team outside of health, but roster construction wise, 100% is not having a number one option that this team can go yep. to. Out until that is solved, everyone's playing out of position, right? Vooch is not a number one guy. He should be yep. a number two, maybe three uh, on some teams, right? Um, uh, Aaron Gordon should not be a number two or three guy. I mean, a number one or two guy, but he has to sometimes be in that role because we don't have that. Once we finally get that guy, that that player that can be a true number one offensive option, everyone's going to start fitting and looking a lot better. Sure. Everyone will. Um, and until we get that, if not, I mean, dude, when it, even these young guys, Jonathan Isaac, Markel Fultz, we're going to start saying the same thing with these guys in a couple years if they don't address that top end talent because they're going to then be asked to do the same thing that Evan Fournier and Aaron Gordon and Vucevic have been doing was, hey, we don't have a number one option. We need you to kind of be that guy if you can be. But are they going to be able to? Maybe they're young enough to where we don't know that answer yet, but we obviously don't have a clear yes. You have that potential to be that, right? So um, I'm still wondering if we even have a like outside of Vucevic, if any of these young guys can be a number two. I don't even know if any of them are that good to be a number two on a contending team, right? On a good playoff team, yes, sure. On a legit contending title winning team, do we have someone that can be a legit number two offensive threat? I I don't know. I, do, I maybe we might, but I can't say definitely yes. Cole Anthony and Jonathan Isaac or Mark Fultz could be an offensive number two threat, right? I I don't know if we have that guy, and that's that's where this team's biggest problem is with me is like. We, we kind of fail on addressing the low end margins on, uh, you know, kind of really churning the bottom of the roster, getting the most out of like that 15th, 14th guy on the roster, two way spots. We failed on some second round picks for sure. Um, and then we haven't really addressed the upper, upper tier spot. Now, granted, maybe they're trying to do that with drafting, but our draft kit picks keep getting hurt for us to really find out. Um, I still think if Jonathan Isaac was healthy going into this last offseason, that this front office really probably would have done uh, a bigger trade to get that number one option mm-hmm. um, to match with Fultz and Vooch and J.I. We probably don't see Aaron Gordon on the roster because we had Chumo Kiki coming in, um, which they obviously had a lot of faith in because he was like backup getting 20 minutes a night, like game one. So he's looking, um, he's looking solid. Dude, he is. I love I love Chuma. I love. Sorry, I just went on a rant there. Um, but uh, this team is struggling. <laughs> like, like you guys know, you, you like we're passionate about it and I know I just went on a huge rant there and I I don't mean to hijack the show by any means, but I just man, I feel not like yet. we're all going to have the same conversation about wanting these players to be something that they're not until yeah, we yeah. solve that problem. 
And Stephen, you, you bring up a really good point. Uh, the, the fear could be that the Evan Fournier's of right now, the Aaron Gordon's of right now, turn into the Marco, the Markel Foltz and Jonathan Isaac of the future. What if, what if they can't be the solid number one, number two option? They really are just third and third and fourth. This team hasn't had a perennial offensive threat since Tracy McGrady. And you go down the line, you can say, you know, we had players like Dwight Howard, maybe Hito Turklu kind of fit in that mold a little bit, kind of sort of consistency wasn't always there, but we're talking about bona fide offensive threat. And we haven't had that in so, so long. And you look at a team and I, you know, I mentioned it earlier, it it really only takes one player to change a franchise. It doesn't have to be a player that you draft. It could be in trade. A perfect example and scenario, maybe not so much this season, but this past season, we saw that with Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat. They brought mm-hmm. in one player, and they were able to do crazy things. Because you're right. The minute that you have that one leader, that one player, you know, now everyone starts to look more more into place, more solid, more cohesive, and, and whatever the case may be. So You, you know, just the, took the me match, to church, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you're preaching, bro. You're preaching. It, it just it just needs to happen. That's why I've, yeah. I've, been, a fan, I've been a fan of a player. Like, like imagine this team. With a player like Bradley Beal, and how Dude. much it would it would open up so much for everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, are are we in contention? Do we have the assets to be able to? Is there anyone within our grasp? I don't know, man. I I think that it, the Magic right now are in a position. This is terrible to say, but the only way that we're going to be able to bring a player like that is that we're going to have to be taking advantage in some type of deal where we get the low end, where we give up too much oh, in yeah, order to get sure. a player like that. Yep, or or you draft a player, or you get you get lucky with a player and they're able to do something great. So I, yeah. I've always thought that um, Evan Fournier going to Sacramento makes so much sense to me for a player like Buddy Heald, I've been kind of a fan of that because Buddy Heald needs a new situation. He seems like a player that could do really well in a brand new spot. And Evan Fournier really likes the Kings. He's a big fan of Mike Bibby. Would love to move over to Sacramento and be his next door neighbor. They so I it that always makes sense. Does that solve our problems? Probably not. You probably turn into the next Evan Fournier of a player that we're frustrated with. The the point that I'm getting to is that trade deadline is right around the corner, and there's so many different avenues that this front office could take. And the thing that brings me uh, a little satisfaction is the fact that all these questions that we all have, they're eventually going to have to be addressed, and they're eventually going to have to give us answers because it's right around the corner, and you have to make a decision on Evan Fournier. I don't think I don't know if we'll get all the answers figured out by this deadline, but we'll definitely have at least one or two of them figured out. I think so, you know, Um, and, you know, I I urge all the listeners of the show um, to just kind of like don't fall in love with any of these young guys. I mean, definitely root for them. Enjoy them. But like this entire core of every single young player we have they're likely not all going to be here. At some point, you're going to have to package one of them, maybe two of them, with some picks to go get Bradley Beal or Player X. I'm just using Bradley Beal's name because we were just talking about him. But right at some point, they have to do that all-in trade because unless they get lucky in the draft, um, which is pure luck, or unless you know someone takes an unexpected leap that we don't know about, like the, Jimmy Butler ain't signing with a team like this unless they're good. So they're going to have to make an all-in move at some point. I thought we would have seen it last year at the deadline but or at the in the offseason if J.I. was healthy, but we didn't because he got hurt and it didn't make sense to do it then. But 
dude, I, I 100% agree with you, Anthony. And I, I appreciate you taking me to church with that, with, that, uh, <laughs> with that sermon you just gave. That was awesome. Uh, oh, man, I'm available every single Sunday. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm coming. <laughs> to sign me up. <laughs> All right, Stephen, we're, we're going to get to some, some fan questions, and we're going to kind of roll this out as, uh, as rapid fire. All right? Cool. So this, this first one comes from Nihal underscore MC. Um, and wants to know, who do you think is the most underrated Magic player of all time? Oh Putting you on God. the spot, because trust me when I tell you, I already, I already know there's a lot of options. But Dwight Howard. Underrated? Really? Yeah. Fans yeah. hate him still. Fans hate they, him still. They do, man. They st- he still gets so much crap. And like, yo, that guy brought me the most fun I've ever had in Magic history. I mean, there's tons of them we could go after, but like, that's to me one of the most controversial players, and I love him. He's great. Um you know, yeah. <laughs> Dwight Howard. <laughs> All right. This one comes from Keep It Lou. Um, he says, do we need a complete culture change, as in a new ownership, front office, or even a head coach? No. I don't think so. Yeah, man. I think people are way too hard on Steve Clifford. Yeah. The, the dude has one job, and that job is to do everything in his power to win. That's with eight players, seven players, no point guards. Man's job is to, to try to get a W on the board. Yes, sir. All right. This next one is from Ud underscore Deet. What hurts more, stubbing your toe or being an Orlando Magic fan? <laughs> being an Orlando Magic fan. Oh, man, it, it sure enough does. It's funny that he used stubbing your toe as like an example, seeing that we had two players that had toe injuries in the beginning <laughs> of the season. Ter- Terrence Ross and, and James Ennis. Yeah, man, that's, that's exactly it. It does it hurt more being an Orlando Magic fan. Um, and then last one. This one comes from Timothy.Soul5. Who is the player... Who is the number one player on our current roster that's holding us back from taking the next step? Oh my god, yeah, man, this one hurts. That such hurts. a depress. It's such a depressing question. Uh, I don't know if I can answer that one. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say the point guard position. I'm still gonna say the, uh, the the. Actually, no, I'm not gonna say number one player. I'm gonna say the number three. The number th- a small forward spot is holding us back. We don't have a true offensive wing that can really bring it. Um, and I don't know if any of our power forwards are gonna be able to fill in good enough to to do that. So, um, the number three spot. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't have a have an answer as a player name. I can't pick just one. No, I think I think you're 100 right though. That's the one position, in my opinion, that we have never been able to address. I mean, I know we no. kind of put in AG and, and JI there, but yeah. they were not really shooters. Could you imagine yeah. a world where you had a point guard that can shoot, say DJ Augustine, for example, Evan Fournier, but then you also had a three that could shoot, and then pair it up with a shooting now Vucevic, that it would have changed the whole dynamic of our team. We never got to see that, unfortunately. Tobias Harris. Nah, <clears throat> yeah, that's true. Sorry, it was good. Me. No, you're good. I try, I try to hold that back. Couldn't he was straight away. My, my body wouldn't let me. Yeah, too soon. <laughs> too soon. And then last question for you, Steven. What is most likely to happen this season? The Magic end up with a top five pick? Or the Magic make it to the play-in tournament? Or the playoffs? Top five pick. There Let's you go. So, my man. I like Let's it. Hope so. <laughs> I, I, and I hope people that that you know hear me online. I, I might say mixed messages. I am for player development, getting a good pick this year, using it as a complete like soft reset. You know, that's that's my goal. Let's get that pick, boys. <laughs> and then uh, we we normally end these episodes with with a final thought, final random thought of the Orlando Magic, and I'm a, I'm gonna start off with saying. Man, Nikola Vucevic, in my opinion, 
if there's one thing that they could have given the Orlando Magic is to send this man to an all-star game. Given I know I know it's a bad record. I know that we're we're not doing anything. We're playing bad injuries, whatever the case may be. But if there's one thing that could have happened right, very similar to last year, the one thing that could have happened right was Aaron Gordon winning the slam dunk contest. The one thing that could have went right for the Orlando Magic this year, sending Nikola Vucevic to an all-star game in Atlanta. I'm going to sink on you on that, man. I think that if there's one thing that we as Magic fans can hope right now, it's been a rough season. Uh, things keep getting uglier and uglier with the injury situation. At least give us that. Give us a Vucevic all-star trip. And again, that's at least something to watch on that Sunday night coming up here on March 7th, I believe. So um, we need that as a fan base. I, I'm going to say my last and final thought is just Everybody love everybody from uh, from 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 semi pro. Uh, th- this this season is really bad and really hard for all of us. Um, and if we can all just be cool with each other and realize we all want the same thing as a fan base, that'd be awesome. Yeah, man, Stephen, it was awesome to have you on. Definitely a good time. Definitely check Stephen Cameron's stuff on the closeupmagic.com, the Close Up Magic podcast. Um, if you want to share everyone where they can find you on social media um, and you know, check this guy's man stuff out because, man, the stuff you put out is great. I, I appreciate it. And honestly, fellas, this is really, really fun to to come and collaborate with you guys on the show and just and just be be a part of your show. I, I'm a big fan of your show. So it's great to talk with you guys. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah. Check out the Close Up Magic uh, at on Twitter. We're at the Close Up Magic. Um, and you can go to our website at theclosetmagic.com. Um, we post articles from time to time, not all the time, maybe one or two a month. Um, we do podcast at least one or two a month, not, not weekly like these guys. I can't keep up with them. They're too pro. Um, but yeah, check it out. We recently had Josh Robbins on. That was super fun. And we have some other cool guests lined up throughout the rest of the season that, uh, that hopefully you all will enjoy and, um, go magic, go ozone pod. <laughs> there you go, man. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of magic fans. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Ozone Pod. And remember to subscribe and leave a five-star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.